0: Ah, I could worship all day. I could do that twenty four seven actually <clears throat> it's um mine and the Lord's thing, you know that's where I get all my revelations. um I'm just so thankful to him that <clears throat> everything about this day and even me being here on the stage is not on the stage here is all planned and intentional from the song from the prayer this morning from Chris from Greg's thing this weekend with the men sleeping with Rodney that was planned (laughs) I hope nobody's hearing that Um, everything is intentional everything and I'm just so grateful so grateful to God And uh, when Greg asked me to do this, I thought it was one of those safe evening things in the cafe, you know. I just thought, oh, yeah, that's, you know, small group, intimate. I'm used to that. I teach, you know. I um, do this for a living, my tent making, so I can keep up this habit, pay for this habit, you know, praising and somebody has to pay the bills, eh, Roy? So, um, and then he said to me, actually, it's the morning. And I thought, Oh my goodness, I need a lot of prayer for this. <laughs> so I text Pam, text my people, you know, the prayer people, you need to pray for me because I need to say what God is saying. I, I see this as an altar for me, part of my sacrifice, giving my life, is being on this altar <laughs> exposed so you can see whatever is on me, good or bad. And so um, I appreciate the prayers. Thank you, elders. Thank you, people. Thank you, Pam, my right-hand man. I love you, Pam. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for your support. Thank you, Danielle, for that prayer today. It uh, sort of called out the worry in me. I've got to be careful about that because I might cut some ears off. Don't intend to do that. Um, yeah, so we had a grandson born recently and I thought, how am I going to prepare for this when I'm traveling and seeing that? But the Lord was really kind. He is really gracious, you know. Um, I thought, oh, you know, I can't just bring something that I study and then just read it out to you guys. Nope. It has to be something that he's done in me and it was difficult. That's really difficult. And so the other thing about bringing whatever he has to say is that there must be something that we're doing right, Greg. <laughs> must be something, eh? Because there's so much resistance in the spirit. Oh my God. Sometimes I wish God did not give me that kind of vision where I can see into you know, what's on people, what's in hearts. Sometimes I wish I couldn't see that. But. It is for a purpose, all right? And we are not to be ignorant of the schemes of the enemy. We're not stupid. Don't be a stupid Christian. We are to be aware, but hey, you take your focus off, put it back on him. And so that's how it's been in getting this message to come. And whatever I say, as you know, Greg says that we... Talk from what's been done with us, within us. You know, it'll be really easy for me to bring you something that I prepare like I do for one of my lectures. But you'll go home feeling quite blah, yuck. It won't do us much good. It won't do me any good, won't do you any good. So anyway, seeking the Lord on what to bring. And funnily enough, it's in alignment with everything that's been said while i was away sam was speaking joe was speaking uh who else sandra chris you know greg we're used to greg you know he's our default speaker <laughs> he's our apostle apostle yeah i i i honor the thing on on um greg and and the elders and other people around here and i felt Oh my goodness, I was hearing this thing on my cell phone. That's the only device I had. And I thought, I am so proud, you know, as a spiritual mum of the house. I just felt so proud of the growth of the things that God is doing in people's hearts. So, so proud. And um, yeah, I'm sure Ali and Marty were wondering what was going on in my bedroom. I had the music on all the time, but then I had to put my earphones on so not to wake up the baby. And just, you know, really thanking God for his His amazing grace, you know. Right, so, you know how last time I spoke, I had um, about six or seven pages in font 16 or 14 so I can... So I can see. This morning, as I was getting ready, one of my glass things fell out. And I said, pray for me that this thing doesn't fall out because I need to see what I'm saying. But on the other hand, God might come in and, you know, do some stuff. Um, anyway, I've reduced the whole thing down to one page. See that, A.V., guys? Norman the Mormon? One page. So, um, thank God, eh? Because... It's taken me a while to see and to try and hear what God is saying. What are you saying? What are you saying? Come on, come on, come on. But on the other hand, um, I felt actually a lot of what he's trying to say to me is stuff he's already done, you know. But some of it I was still seeking him for at 2 o'clock this morning. See the carpet burn on my face? You know, um, that's that's a familiar pos- posture for me, face to the floor, um, seeking the Lord, asking for forgiveness, repenting on something, it's a daily thing for me. So um, about three o'clock this morning, I got uh, a breakthrough in something, you know, because I said to the Lord, I can't come here thinking I know <clears throat> everything, you know. Um it will just be a waste of time. So it was three o'clock this morning there was breakthrough and I thought I need to sleep now. Can you give me <laughs> give me some peace so I can sleep? So had a really good sleep, got up at six thirty, ready to roll. And over the week, in the last couple of days, I, I was just at rest with this thing, because he'd already spoken and then sealed it off this morning and people said to me, Are you ready? He's me watching TV you know, as if I wasn't going to get up this morning to speak, and I thought, actually, <laughs> this is the thing about speaking for God. what he's saying through us is what he's going to say. see, so all I have to do is get up here and look silly <laughs> or or just be prepared that he speaks through me so so pray, pray that that is what happens. Okay, um, let's get back to the thing, eh, AV guys, sorry. Uh, I just thought i will give you a little bit of background, seeing I am a member of this family and uh, not many people know me intimately, Uh, my life group puts up with me, the elders put up with me, (laughs) sorry, Um, yeah, a little bit weird at times, but I'll just give you a little bit of background so you know who I am, in case you think, oh, who's this crazy woman? Getting up here. So um, I'm in the physical. I am Samoan German. Um, So you know, I'm very giving on one hand. My generous Samoan comes out, and on the other hand, I want you to pay for everything. (laughs) So, (laughs) Um, yeah, Samoan German, very strong um, background in God. Fortunately or or unfortunately, um, there are some traditions there that need to also be, you know, exercised, (laughs) yeah, cleaned up. I come from a family where great granddad was a missionary to dark places like Papua New Guinea. Um, From that generation where when they go out to mission fields, they are committed, they push the boat off the beach, say goodbye. And the women are at home praying. So great-granddad, um, well-known for his exploits for God, good or bad. Um, and also, uh, I'm from a family where the women are prayer warriors. They're really big on praying. Um, miss my mum's prayer, actually. Don't go there, I'll start crying. <clears throat> and And a grandmother that I grew up knowing... Uh, really getting into her word, so she had a Bible that was really um, not as not as nice as mine. Mine is well used; it's forty years old, but hers was just falling to bits. And it was just indicative of someone who just ate that word, you know, digested that word, and got into it day and really good role model for me. Um, Quite matriarchal as well, very matriarchal background. So we had these strong women where the men um, were off doing some things, but the women were praying. That prayer was right behind them. Uh, Funny funny as well, because it's the men that cried at weddings and funerals and the women who were (laughs) comforting, (laughs) you know, men always crying. So um, (laughs) that's the background I come from. Um, Came to the Lord in... Oh, you know, got water baptized in 1978, um, but knew a little bit about the Lord, knew my Bible well. I was in a church that was quite cessationist, so didn't acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit to heal, that kind of thing, but knew the Word really well, and also strong focus on evangelism. So that's my background. Um, it, <sighs> In about 93, this month actually, in 1993, the Lord brought us up to Wellington in the month of July. I think it was the same date as today. And as we enter into Wellington, the Lord says, welcome home. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Why is this home? You know, we've been in Dunedin. It was like my, uh, what do you call the wilderness? Where God trains you or whatever He's doing, and then we come in and He goes, "Welcome home." And I go, "What is that all about?" and anyway, um as he as he um develops us, takes us out of that cessationist church, he calls us into the rock, and therein <laughs> began the journey of exfoliation, I would call it, transformation. <laughs> sanctification, um, <clears throat> and um, yeah, and, and so we've been here now for well, 15, more than 15 years, how long? And my kids have grown up here and they're off doing other stuff, um, but the thing is, with all of that, with all, you know, you could say that this, like like Paul used to say, he had uh, amazing education from Gamaliel, what's his name? Um, Yeah. Um, He had all of that in his background. But when I I started this new leg of the journey with God, it was completely new. So what he wanted to do was nothing, (laughs) nothing like what I'd come through. That didn't matter. Not necessarily. He would use some of that. But this was a completely new thing. And so when people talk about New wineskins, new wine, that's what we're on about. So I know that the congregation is made up of the young ones, millennials, and us baby boomers. I, I kind of envy the millennials. If you've grown up in the church, then, you know, like my children, I see the double anointing on them. Of the stuff that we've grappled with through our generation, and I, I, I'm really grateful to the Lord for that. But when it comes to us millennials, or sorry, our baby boomers, <laughs> there might be some things that God wants to change in our thinking, in our transformation, and because I, I'm going through it, I've been through it. Um, I know that he will want it to do for all of us. He'll want to do that go through that process for all of us. all right, so today's talk was the key thing that he was trying to say was to do with mindsets. So when Greg said that this morning, bang on, like I said, God is intentional. Today is intentional. You are here because He brought you here, all right. So what we hear, I just pray that the Lord uh, gives us teachable hearts, teachable hearts, malleable hearts, so that we can learn and become the people that he wants us to be. Uh, I actually forgot to say hello, didn't I? Yeah, so hi everyone. G'day. Hoi mōra. Hoi mōra. Uh, Sok sabai. G'day, Um <coughs> All right. So what I've got here is a focus on how how he does that change in the mindset. The transformation of the mind is really key. Because if you want to hold on to that stuff, your defaults, the things that you bring with you that you're really... Um, keen on the things that have been the, have been a part of your identity. You know, I've had a lot of those as well. Um I would pray that we allow him to redefine those or to start a new start a new. Okay? So I'm going off a little bit of my notes here, guys, sorry. Um so so one of the things that the Lord did for me was he introduced himself, and, and it was like saying, actually, you know about me, you know a little bit about me, but this is who I really am, okay? So when he came, he did some weird things that I thought, oh my goodness, uh, am I going crazy? The Lord uh, was wooing, you know, like a, like a boyfriend, wooing. And saying, oh, I like your hair. Those things that you don't like about your body, I love those. I was thinking, is this God? <laughs> you know, that's, that's how he started to let himself be known to me. And it's shifted everything that I thought I knew about him. And I thought, how can you have a relationship with God, this God who's so big and awesome? And here he is saying, Actually, I know everything about you. I know all the hairs on your head, you know. Um, I know you better than you know yourself. And so here is this God wanting to let me know about who he really is. And so on goes this journey, and it was a transformation, like a sanctification process. And I also... um, Thought it was like recalibration. Those of you who are mechanics or scientists, that's the word that came when he was doing this work in me. And the other thing is, you know how we have our measures, our plumb lines about truth, and they define what we think and our philosophy and our ideologies and stuff like that. The other thing we need to do is to allow Jesus to be the only truth. Allow him to be the mirror. You remember in my last talk, I told you that he revealed to me the state of my heart. And as as good as I thought I was as a Christian girl, he said, no, it's actually quite disgusting. So He, you, we need to come to that place where he... Is the one that reveals. All right, he's the one that does it. Not my auntie, not Pam, not Greg. He, yes, well, Greg maybe. But he, he must be the one that we measure everything up against. He's our plumb line, the truth, the truth. And so um, I said, "How does that work? how How does it work that? Um, I, how can I?" grow like you? How how can I become like you? And he goes, there's this thing, uh, he was trying to teach me stuff, you know, because my, my mind wasn't, uh, as <laughs> he knows everything. He is little of me trying to learn from him. And he called this thing the splash on effect, where if he comes in and you allow him to come in and you yield to him and allow him to transform you, um, it's like the, a splash on effect. So what happens is when the more time you spend with him and abide in him, the stuff on him splashes onto us. And, and it's the same if we are around someone who's really into God and Jesus. Their stuff also splashes onto us. But this is the thing, the splash on effect could be a good or a bad thing. So if you carry rubbish on you, I've done this to people, I can splash on my rubbish, okay? And the other thing is, it also affects environments. If you can see from his perspective, you actually affect the spiritual culture or, or atmosphere of a place, okay? So, yeah, I'll come back to that later. So that's how it works, and I've I've just said something on my notes that goes, look at me, this is Jesus talking, look at me, come to me, abide in me. Now, the building process, the one that we've been going through here as a body, this is the corporate thing, like Greg was saying, Um It is the corporate first, is about the corporate first, and then the individual. Actually, it's mostly about the corporate, eh? Um, You know, he doesn't just say, do this and leave us to it. He does give us the pattern. He does give us the blueprint. And um, we're very fortunate that we have this. You know, in our life group, in our discipleship group, we... Affectionately know, call this book Bev. So Bev, Bev, has been really useful. And if you ask me, a lot of people ask me, you know, what what is what is the blueprint? What is how how do we align ourselves to what God is doing? Bev. There's a start, eh? There's a start. Bev. And you know, I've I've I know I know. Um, I know how challenging it is to read. If you're not a reader, you don't like reading. You don't like reading this book. <laughs> it's very confrontational. <laughs> it's very like, "Oh. Um, I I would admit that I found it hard to read, you know? <laughs> and and it was mainly because of my pride. Um, you know, I read academic things for a living. <laughs> I correct stuff and my teacher hat goes on and I go, that apostrophe should not be there, should not be there. That sentence should be rearranged. And I'm looking at this and I go, All right, Lord,
1: <laughs> help me.
0: This is the this is what we call the um there's something about apostrophes, eh? This is the millennial thing. What is it about apostrophes, you guys? <laughs> it's not an English lesson. <laughs> And I used to, I called it the apostrophe apostasy. I think Paul came up with that word. Anyway, I thought, no, 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 no. I I will I will push through and read this book. And I thought, there's something on this. Have you who's read the book? Yay! There is something on this. You know, when Greg gave it to me to read, I was thinking, what is on that book? There is. A spirit or a power or an anointing in this thing. Everyone says, Greg, there's something in that book. Good one. Greg, there is something in that book.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you said for, yeah. Hopefully we've got rid of all the apostrophes. But anyway. Um, yeah, so this is we're not just left to try and figure things out blindly. There is a blueprint. Thank God, I. Eh? Um, the The resistance to come into any of this is is a real issue for us. Um, and I know because I've I've resisted change. You know, change is ch- challenging. Change is difficult when you're sixty. How old am I? Sixty one. You know, it can be challenging because you. You've done things for a long, long time a certain way, and you want to remain in your mess sometimes, you know? I've prayed for people where they don't want to change. I like my mess. I'll stay here. It's my choice. I'll live in my whatever, you know? But, but God has got more for us. The other thing is um, if, you're, if you're thinking about what God is doing here, there is that as well. The prophecies, um, they come to life when God takes you through stuff. Like um, even in conflict resolution, you know, there's something we're having to learn to do well. Um, I, I, I tend to be someone who's very passionate about something and then my patience goes, you know. When someone comes to me with an issue, because I've been through a lot of difficult stuff, I can be cynical about things I see as little. You know, um, the earthquake in 2011 in Christchurch. Um, My kids were down there. Our kids were down there. And um, that was a massive earthquake. It killed a lot of people. It killed uh, relatives of students in my class. So it was a massive thing. And I remember looking at the TV news on that and I was thinking, just praying, where where are Ali and Martin, you know? Are they safe just praying and calling on people to pray? And then I see this news item on TV and the woman is going, oh, yeah, we had some liquefaction and I broke my nails. I broke my nails. I just did my nails. And I'm thinking, you, <laughs> you're, you can imagine I'm, what I'm thinking, very cynical, you know? You're... <laughs> We're looking for our children. They could be dead <laughs> and you're worried about your nails. So I've got to watch that in situations where there's uh, conflict resolution or something like that, that I don't become cynical and impatient. So that's one of the things that the Lord is working on uh, me at the moment. Um, uh, recently I've also sent out a, an article. Can you guys put that up? An article called for performance based Christianity. When we're talking about the stuff that God is dealing with at the moment in our hearts, uh this is big at the moment. <clears throat> oh. Can you guys put that up or is it too difficult? Now, do you remember that Sandra talked about this a while back? You know, about the carnal Christian, eh? Carnal Christian. I found this article because I was seeking the Lord. What what do we need to highlight? What are some things that you would want to address here? And um, for your homework, you could Google that. Google that, bring it down, see, see what you think. Have a read, see what you think. But the whole thing is about us in the process of um, sanctification, transformation, and so forth. God is looking at even how we do church. You see what I'm saying? We can we can become quite busy and we can become, even in the name of ministry, do a lot of stuff, busy work. And I had to apologize for that as well, because I've had visions where he's warned me, you know, you need to cull that stuff, cut that down, and I had to apologize. Uh, face to the floor again um, and really repent of that attitude in me. And I said to him, I am so sorry. You know, I've been so busy doing this, doing that, doing this. But you know, Lord, I love you. I love you, Lord. And then he goes to me, and that's all I want, you know. And I thought, why don't we start from there? Why don't we start doing anything for him, whether he wants to or not. Start from a place of intimacy and relationship with him. So anyway, homework, if you like, Google that. It's called Performance-Based Christianity. Have a read through it. And what it does, it outlines 10 key things that are toxic to our walk, you know, because we are... We are focused on doing rather than being. Okay. Um, in the building, people say to me, what does that look like? The how question, you know, how does it, how does it work? What does this building thing look like? This thing that we talk about um, at the rock. And so the Lord just put something on my heart to think eternally, to think eternity, and to think holistically, so when he said to me, "I want you to see things from my perspective, you know because if you see things from his perspective, it gives you it gives you such clarity it gives you a lot of clarity about what he's doing and the process that he's doing in each of our hearts and as a body as well um why do we need to change our thinking? Why do we need to change things if if nothing is broken? We might ask that. And I've got here Isaiah 55, 8 to 9. What does that verse say? Someone got that? Read it out to me. Ollie? <laughs> Who's got there? Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. This is about dealing with these mindsets. My thoughts mm-hmm. higher than you, so and higher than Do you get that? Thank you, Ollie. So clear, eh? His way of doing things. So different from ours. And that's why we need to change because, you know what? After living 61 years on this life, his ways are a lot better than mine. (laughs) I can tell you, I've tried going up against him. I've tried doing my own thing. His ways are a lot better. The other thing is, the reason why we get caught up in these defaults, these mindsets, it's just the way we live. You know how things creep in and we don't know? We have our traditions, and we don't ever question sometimes why we do what we do. There's a story I tell my students about this old lady, oh, sorry, this mother who roasts a leg of lamb. Now she gets this leg of lamb out, and the little girl watching the mother notices that the mother cuts the very end bit of the leg. You know the story, eh? And she bends it over like this and then puts it in a pan, puts it in the oven. And the the little girl said, why do you do that, Mum? Why did you bend that thing there, (coughs) the leg of the lamb? And she goes, actually, I don't know. I saw my mum do it. So they ring up the mum. She says, why did you bend the (laughs) the leg of the lamb before you put it in the, the oven? And the old lady said, well, I saw my mum do it. So I did it. And the little girl said, but Mum... You don't have to do it anymore. You've got a bigger oven now because <laughs> that's why they used to do it. Um, so we carry on these traditions sometimes without even asking. you know we, are, we are, we're not questioning, but there's another there's another thing here. It's not that easy to change things that have become rooted. Or what are they called? Strongholds. Those things God is dealing with right now. Now, I know because I've been through the process, still going through the process. So I'm not talking off the top of my head here. Um, there are things that when people say we get offended, you ever asked yourself why you get offended? Is some of the things that Greg says, some of the things I'm saying now. So I've got this thing called the offense scale. You know, it's like a continuum, one to 10. And when I first came to the rock, if I measured my level of offense, when I sat through a lot of these, <laughs> these transformational talks, it was an 11. I was always offended. How dare you say that? Because I am disobedient. I'm going up against God, but the speaker, bless his or her soul, is only saying what God is wanting to say to this heart. (laughs) So one time I had this coffee with Greg. Remember, you were speaking a lot of truths, and I was going, yeah, 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 yeah. And I I was thinking, actually, those truths used to offend me, you know? So God must be doing something, and I go, offend away, Greg. (laughs) offend away. And I said that to the Lord as well. But that's also a measure of our maturity that, you know, we we have come to a place where we can take God's honesty and go, yeah, I needed that. I needed that. It was hard for me to take, but offend away if it does good for us, if it does us good. So keep that offense scale in mind. The other thing that really the Lord was not happy about here is something that we do that we don't even understand damages our relationship with him and with each other. And I've I've got this um acronym GOSS <laughs> GOSS G for gossip, O for offense, S for slander. Now, do you know, you know how the Lord gives me corny songs when he wants to say something to me? And the songs, because I'm I'm a bit of an R&B rock girl. (laughs) And the Lord knows that one of my love languages is funny. I love to laugh if it's a good joke. So... You know, I was having issues with getting rid of this stronghold. I was offended at somebody, and so instead of going to them, I did the easiest thing, the cowardly thing, and talked about them behind their back. And uh, I've I've really had to grapple with that. Eh? It, we do it at work, and and they think it's normal, but God comes and He goes, ah, ah, <laughs> He gives me this funny song, and I was in the shower, and I uh, I hear this song, I would, oh gosh, I hate it, I, I, I don't like the song, but he knew that I would listen, I would hear it if it came through, through the, the music, and he was saying things like, uh, watch your words, and then, because it wasn't getting through, he gave me the corny song, and the song was, um, some of you would remember this maybe baby boomers, you know, uh, Estefan, Gloria Estefan, and the song was, I tried to say I love you, but the words get in the way, and it was like, boom. So um, I thought, what does that mean? And the thing is, the thing about gossip and slander is that who does it hurt the most when you're doing it yourself and him eh? and you get this picture of whenever you do it you I feel really bad afterwards I feel like I've been poisoned you know and someone said someone said you know unforgiveness and um and slander and all that stuff is like you drinking the poison expecting the other person to die. And so it causes all of these issues. So that's another thing that the Lord has, you know, worked worked on, and he wants us to address that as well, all right? So that every word that comes out of our mouth is a word that builds, especially in this building season that we're in right now. Watch our words. That's what the Lord said to me. Um, the other thing is, in the building, you know how we talked about those environments where God facilitates our development? So I see the rock as one of those places, all right? The little uh, meetings that we have, discipleship groups, the groups on Sunday nights, those are all environments where we facilitate uh, God coming in and doing the work, all right? Now, the thing about this, it's all framed in love. So we all know First Corinthians 13, right? Some of us can read that off, uh, memorize the whole thing. But do you notice that in First Corinthians 12, the very last verse of that says, after reading out all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit... The last verse there says, but let me show you a more excellent way. Now, sometimes we read that passage and we focus on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we are so hungry for those gifts, right? But then he says, actually, if you don't underpin it with love, you're just a noisy gong. Noisy gong. And for years, that's what I was. I could bring out the prophetic, you know, I could sing you off your feet. But if it's not framed in his love, what is the point? What is the point? And so I feel like in this new season, the Lord is focusing very much on teaching us how to love like him. The gifts will come. You know, but this is the thing I have found really hard to do is to love. Now I can love Greg and Danielle, they're on the same wavelength as me. Easy. I can love you. But when like in my classrooms, you know, there are people who are not in alignment with my spirit, it it can irritate me. I've got to watch that. Now, so there are levels of these love lessons that he gives us. There are people that we find really easy to love, you know. And then, (laughs) and he goes, try loving those who are unlovable to you, actually, not to him. What are those people that irritate you no end? I want to teach you how to love them as well. That has been a difficult lesson for me really difficult. But I see the point that if you have love like him, the world is your oyster. eh? We can do anything. And that is a must. Learning to love like him and loving like him is really key to this whole building process. You know, as a family, It's never going to be smooth sailing. We're going to have personality clashes. We're going to have mindsets that don't agree with one another. But love, his love will cover that. And um, something that Simon said a while back about life being messy, because, you know, I'm a control freak. God is working on that as well. And I want things to align up nicely. Look at my lesson a line numbered one to twelve. Hey, AV guys. I I like to have things running smoothly, in order. As teachers, it's a it's a it's a value to be highly organized and prepared. <laughs> and then God comes and messes it up. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And so it's. It's not always going to be smooth sailing. It's going to be messy. Thanks, Simon. Prophetic word there. And so we need to love each other through that. Just love each other through that. All right. The other thing is um, prayer is really big. Prayer is really big in in this journey. Um, You know, I've talked to people over the last few years, and there's a real... There are people who really understand prayer. All kinds, you know, intercessory prayer, what have you, da 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 da. But there's also quite a lot of misunderstanding about what it is. All right. So um can you guys bring up second second Kings nineteen? Have we got that? Or did we drop that off? Some somebody I was talking to uh sometime this year. Thought that prayers, because I I I do that a lot. I'm in my room all the time, on the floor. I could go for hours. I love praying. Um, Someone said, "Oh, but what are you doing? How can you, how can God do anything through prayer if you're not doing anything but just praying?" There are examples from my own life and from your lives of what God does through prayer. He moves stuff. He moves mountains. And a good example is found in 2 Kings. You know how the Israelites go through these cycles of obedience, disobedience. The Lord comes in, helps them. Um, He uses the enemies around them. For example, the Assyrians to attack because they're naughty again, naughty people. A bit like our journey, eh? (laughs) Anyway, um in this passage here, 2 Kings, da da, da da da, you see that someone is praying. Who's praying there? Is it Hezekiah? One of the kings is saying, Lord, we need your help. And he goes to the Father. Um, there's so much warfare going on. There's unrest, stuff like that. And he's desperate for God's help. So he asks him to come. And you know what? The Lord sends his angel and he slays 185,000 soldiers without a soldier moving a hand. So I've also seen prayer move stuff. You know, we had this thing where we had a a company. Roy was sick for seven to eight years. You know, that's suicide for a company, for any business to have the, the manager or the leader of it be out of work and be sick for that long. I went to God. I said, can you give us a hand here? Please, Lord, help me. I am not a businesswoman. I had my own job to see to. Roy's not able to do anything. And he comes in. I said I said to him, you know, I, I really don't know how to deal with business. It's not my thing. But can you help me out? So what he does is he comes in. Long story short, he... I said, I just want a home, a home, because we focused on the business, gave up up our home in order to do that, but now Roy's out of action, help me. So he comes in, and he he sells the company, not just to anyone, but there's this, um, I'll give you the logo of the people, and you will know, who are the people that have the double R's in front of their vehicles? Rose Royce, this is a lesson for all of us <sighs> He's so good. He comes in and he shows me you know, I am king of all. I own everything, I own everything in this earth. What you ask me is so little. You ask me so little. And that was a real lesson for me. My prayers are so small. This is a really big, big God, you know. So he comes in and deals with that. It's a business thing. The businessmen in there don't believe. They, they wouldn't believe if I went in there, you know, these millionaires, and I said to them, actually, we prayed. God came and did that. Nobody would believe that. But I know, and that's the thing. I know him. I know what he does. I know what he did. I'm so thankful to this God. And it could have been anyone else that bought this thing, but he had to show me how big he is. That's this God that we worship. That is this God that we worship. He's big. Many other stories I could tell, but I haven't got time right now. In the, journey, in the journey to getting to here has, has been quite difficult. Just standing here in front of you right now, I'm so thankful because there's been so much opposition. Whatever is happening here at the rock, the enemy does not want to happen. He, you know, the Lord gave me a vision about 15 years ago of sabotage, the enemy's sabotage in the process of bringing the rock, his bride, To this place he wants to take her. So life has been really challenging. Um, Yeah. Why does it have to be this challenging? Because we're full of flesh. You know? But I tell you what, it's worth it. In the journey also, he encourages us to keep going. You know, like he gives us visions. Keep going. This morning. I, I knew, you know, intellectually you know that it's not about you, so don't get nervous, but you get nervous anyway. <sighs> it's just the flesh. So as we're praising, he's he's on my right hand. He's, he's here on my right hand. And he's not afraid for me. He's not going, it's okay, dear, it's all right. He's actually very confident, like Sandra's confidence. You see that? <laughs> Sister? <clears throat> like Danielle's confidence, he he is just waiting for me to come, like come. Not not saying I feel sorry for you. They're gonna roast you. Da, da da da. He he is so for us, you know. See that crown? While I was seeking him on this, that's how he encourages us, and that crown is made. Specifically for me. Just like he makes a crown exactly how you would like it. Very blingy for you, eh? <laughs> blingy. You know, much more maybe streamlined for you, Greg. Metal, maybe white, white, white gold. You know, he makes it to your specifications. You know why? Because he knows you inside out. He knows you inside out. He knew I would like that. That's a Googled image. It's nothing like the thing I saw. The other thing is, he wants to lavish you, lavish you with stuff, which is why this mindset has to change. We fit God into boxes, that we create, for whatever reason, he is big. He owns Rolls Royce. He owns not just this earth, everything else. If you want to see things from God's perspective, try going to Google, look down on Google Maps and see what he's created, not just here, but other planets. The whole universe belongs to him and he made it. So, so um, key practices, if people say to me, what do you do in this relationship with yours? I've got three P's. We're into our um, acronyms this morning. I've got praying, praising, prancing. Now, prancing <laughs> is meant to be dancing, but it had to be a P, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I love, I love praising. Like I said, I could do this all day. If someone is leading the thing and they're into God, I could do it twenty-four-seven, da 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 da. And the other thing is I like to worship in a pretty undignified way. I'm very <laughs> I'm very reserved when I do it here. But at home around my coffee table, I draw the curtains. Because <laughs> I I haven't got a loincloth like David you know when David uh, danced before the lord in his loincloth i haven't quite got there maybe a lava lava but it's too cold but i love to dance and just go for it go for it you know and and in that time i get revelations i have to have a book or a pen close by because i have to write things down and so um also have to be careful that you don't just seek the lord for things to bring to the church you know because that kind of prostitutes the thing you know what I'm saying I'm using you I'm using you so I can no just praise him for who he, he is he's amazing he's amazing okay um so those are a few things I do to to help me along this journey of being with the Lord abiding in him and there are also prophecies. You know, um, somebody read out Micah 4 the other day. This is another encouraging thing for all of us. And Micah 4, this is another piece of homework you guys can do. There is this vision we had about 15 years ago. And I remember telling Anthony, you know, you, you've got this thing with a light on the hill. And all these cars, they're going off on a Sunday to go worship somewhere in town. But they all see the light on the hill. And they come up. They can't go further because they see the light and they're attracted to the light. And so I know, um, I think Danielle read it up uh, three weeks ago. So that's something. You know how he, he gives us visions so that we keep going? But between that goal and the process of where we are right now, there are some things to be done. All right? There's work to be done. So um, yield. I pray that you yield. Just yield to him, okay? Um, The other thing um, that would really help in our walk is that he's called us, he's been saying this for years, it's not a new thing, to be a house of prayer. House of prayer, this, this is a house of prayer, this vessel be a house of prayer, and this, house be a house of prayer and um it's a start hey eh? and I love prayer as well I just love it because the splash on thing happens the splash on things he splashes things on we pick up things from him <sighs> so good and um just what was I supposed to finish with guys AV oh yes so this is another thing that um that he's like shown me recently about our journey, that um, to be committed, we can be like the person who dropped everything because they found this pearl of great price. Um, So Lord, can I just pray? Um, Would you mind putting that music on? Now this song is by a worship leader that I really love. And it's about us getting over our hero thing complex lay it on the line let him come and do the work let the and just heal so as he prays that uh, sorry as he sit, she sings that
1: the allow the Lord to come and
0: minister to your heart and that's all I've got for this morning